we just don't know what we're talking about. We're just <laughs> we're just naming random <laughs> keywords that we so remember that, from that was, from school. That was, that was Zeno, right? <laughs> did it, did, you can't say Zena and not and not do her yell. I'm just saying. Uh, no, I don't think that yell is appropriate anymore. <laughs> I'll be honest about is it that. Not? Oh, is I don't that, know. That think about that. I don't know. I'm just thinking about the yell. I was actually about to do it, and then I was like, "That doesn't feel right. That it doesn't feel right." I don't. I you, I don't want it to go on Twitter and be like that. Listeners was a Zena yell, not to be confused with the misappropriation of. Uh, another stereotypical yell uh, that was well known, uh, you know, um, you know, for the majority of our country's history. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. That's just the way I saw it. I was just thinking. I was like, I don't know about that one. I feel like Lucy Lawless could get away with it because she was Australian, right? And was it like the whole production crew in Australia? And why? And why does that give her a pass? Uh, because it's the nineties. I don't know. How would she know? How would you know? <laughs> I mean, I just feel like you you got to give like some cultural. Well, that's a whole thing of like, does everyone know know world history? Like, does everyone get that? You know, like, well, why is an Australian studying America's history? You know, I mean, how how much do you know about uh, the history of the Netherlands? How much do you know about the history of Spain? I mean, I know a bit, but not that much. I guess then you're you're asking whether or not that was her creative choice or whether that was written. No, it's probably. I I, I mean, I, I. I am not a screenwriter myself, but uh, I'm. How do you spell that in the script? Uh, exactly, I'm imagining a somersault from tree, from tree, (laughs) and then insert scream. I'm sure that's how it was written in the script. Somersaults from tree, screams as they as lands on the ground, and the scream choice was definitely her choice. I I just feel like that was maybe it was something like a Joker or might have been coached into. She's like, hey, I got, I was influenced. I I found inspiration from this historical. She could have, she could have been coached into it too. She could have done another type of scream. And then the director was like, no, 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 no. I got the, I got the screen for you. (laughs) There's something I've always, I used to feel natural. Just do what feels natural. Director is like, I grew up on John Wayne. And let me tell you something about those movies. Uh, <laughs> do you want to know what I just I'm, I'm reading this random article do you want to know what I just found out which you might know uh shoot shoot because we got we have too much to cover there's actually not enough news there's so much news that came there's in actually today and something yesterday. that I wanted to cover and well yeah there's a few yeah. things I wanted to and I didn't get to read about any of them okay. um, and so I don't feel comfortable doing it but if okay. you want to dive into any of those things but I just randomly yeah. found out something you know the movie stand by me yeah of course right love that movie right um river phoenix yeah, yeah right. um uh shoot is are, are the Corys in that um uh one of the Corys sutherland one of the sutherland sutherland sutherland's Scott, in it is mm-hmm. in it um i'm trying to think yes 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 one of them are but don't look in it because i don't want it to get spoiled oh okay you know that that's based on a book and no, i didn't know that and do you know who wrote the book ernest hemingway S- stephen king Shut the front not, door. Right? It's called no, the body. That's shocking. Did not know that. That's shocking. Right? Did not know that. Did not know that. So King wrote a book that contains next to no horror whatsoever. Well, he's done that before, right? He's doesn't he have a few? I mean, yeah, he, yeah, he might have a few. He did he like the Green Mile, right? Is that horror? I never saw it actually. But yeah, but it still has uh, mystical elements to it. You know, there's always that. Uh, it, you know, Stephen King's like America's like surrealist author. You know, what do you call actually? What do you call? Um, uh, Gabriel Cien Años, uh, 100 Years of Solitude. Um, what do you call that? Magical Surrealism? I mean, Stephen King, I feel like, is America's version to Magical Surrealism. 
so so the green model is my point like that has that magical element to it even though it's set it, in a yeah some type of supernatural exactly which stand by me has nothing has, has no no, no. <laughs> magical elements whatsoever the the magic is the bond the boys find between one another beautiful i'm here all day i could write copy <laughs> for it hey anyone listening out there you need you need some good copywritten i mean i'm, I'm your guy I, I could do this all day but uh, no, but but I, I was reading and I'm like, wait, what? Because it's it was some like uh, interview that he had, I guess, with a late night show. And mm. they asked him to name his his top five of his own stories. And um, that was one of them. The okay. body, which was made into the movie Stand By Me. That's really cool. That's cool. Yeah, did not know that. So, I wonder if it, I wonder if it was one of his short stories, if it was one of his earlier stories that didn't get picked up. Uh, maybe I think the history of that would be. Quite yeah, so it, it says one of his favorite shorter reads, shorter mm. reads, because um, he wrote so many short stories. He, he like cut. His it's interesting because he goes, they, they, they say his favorite of his short stories is survivor type. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he says his other favorite of the shorter reads, which mm-hmm. I assume they just didn't want to repeat short stories again. And it's mm-hmm. not just a shorter novel, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, anyway, okay. no, that, that stood out. Um, I was like, oh, wow. I love that movie. Did not know it was based on a book. Did not know it was based on a book by Stephen King. One of, uh, I'll add my own little Stephen King factoid. One of Stephen King's uh, sort of um, little like, um, not epiphanies, but his like you little, I don't know, euphemisms or what have you about writing is he always, he used to say that if you, if you write a short story and you can't get away from it, you're always thinking about it. It stays with you. That's usually the works he would make into, into bigger novels. So it's uh, just a little Stephen King factoid. So does that mean that he never released a short story or it was published? And no, then- he would release short stories. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Uh, why do you always ask these questions? I, I don't know. I, you hear this? I, I'm, th- I'm just throwing out a little Stephen King. Like, what kind of interviewer doesn't press him for more details? Someone who never interviewed him. <laughs> it's simple. It's kind of creepy talking about Stephen King in the middle of this like amazing storm that has just rolled in over there. Here too, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, you keep the lookout in the back of my camera. If there's any funny business, you let me know because I'm not having it. Will you say Bloody Mary three times? I'm just saying, you see a big blue whale coming at me. <laughs> you, you let me know what's up. So, what do you, what do you, do you want to dive into stuff? I had well, a I mean, few like, silly I mean, things. I mean, I mean, there's just a rundown. I mean, uh, when at the day of this recording, um, Andrew Cuomo just stepped down, um, you know, out, out of the fact that he probably ran out of friends. Um, and I'm, I'm sure it's kind of hard to continue having friends when you run a PR campaign that's basically like, uh, listen, listen. When when I put these crusty lips on your succulent skin, I just want you to know one thing, one thing only. I, I'm not thinking about you. I'm thinking about my mother. <laughs> I'm just thinking about my mother. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I haven't watched any of the press coverage. Is I'm hoping that you're paraphrasing. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> oh, look, look. I'm just letting you know. It's, it's just my mother. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That's... You don't want me to touch you. Don't <laughs> you say back up? I'm just letting you know I gotta do this because you remind me of my mother. <laughs> that, the mother defense. <laughs> it was the mother thing. That's what they went with, and I get. I feel at the end of that, everyone was just like, "Dude, I've been trying to, been trying to defend your 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 booty." For uh, <laughs> for this for the duration of this, but I can't do it no more. You you've crossed the line. 
Um, that was probably the worst PR campaign. You should watch it. I think it's the worst PR campaign that's ever entered the realm of politics. I um, um at least from a Democratic side. There's been some really bad stuff on the Republican side, but but the Republicans uh, always weather the storm, and there's no accountability. That's what I was texting you. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, that's because you know no one want no one was threatening to uh, impeach them. So. What do you mean? Uh, they like, to impeach. <laughs> Sometimes they even get impeached. Yeah. Apparently it doesn't no. matter. All right. Sorry. Well, what I, I hate, I hate that we have to actually quantify. Like, I, I feel like I, I hate that you have to get to the nitty gritty on like, well, if you're impeached by your own party, you're more than likely going to have to leave office. If you're impeached by a party that is not your own while your party controls an upper chamber, you probably are safe. I mean, what do you I mean, what do you want to get into this? I mean, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. It's 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 just a, a problem with our system that is up and down the aisle. So um, yeah, I think my so thing he got is, screwed. is he that got screwed. I don't want I don't want the Democrats to hang in there. I want them to resign when they should be resigning. And if any other prosecution yeah. should happen, then that should happen as well. But I want that to happen to all sides. Yeah, I don't want anyone to weather the storm. Exactly. Get exactly. out. Yeah, get no. out. I mean, that's the thing. There's so little to talk about it because I mean, the man should have left office freaking forever. And, and I, I was going to say, you know, I I've never been an Andrew Cuomo um, fan, so uh, you know, there there it's there is no bias in the situation. There's just right and wrong. Clearly, this dude just did wrong. Um, but uh, but yeah, there's no there's no tears shed on my side. Um, so, I mean, now he's just going to be replaced by some other corporate Democrat that's not going to listen to the will of the people and probably. Uh, introduce fracking that just rips New York State a, a new one. But who knows? Who knows? I'm, I digress. We're, 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 we're beyond the story. We're beyond the story. I'm sure it's, it'll be fine. It's his mother, Gene. It's you you mother. don't live there anymore. What do you care? I, 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 because we're global. Because we can't. <laughs> which segues into, the, into our next story. Freaking new climate change report comes out. Uh, I wanted UN to read commission. this. Did you read it? Because I actually went onto the site. I saw I the, the executive summaries, yep. right, for the politicians and all that. And I wanted mm-hmm. to read it. Mm-hmm. So you let's let's if you're prepared, let's do it. I'm prepared then, um, with. And the then New I can York... we can always follow up. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're definitely. Oh, this is going to be I, I think we're going to do like. Is the time state a breakdown? I have so all these I articles the, I wanted to. I was going to go read. in and read the actual source. And then I said, you know what? Why don't I let journalists do their jobs for once and trust that they're coming back with the um, with the appropriate information? Because, I mean, uh, yeah, I was like, well, look what happened with the Supreme Court one last time I did that. That didn't work out. Well, <laughs> well look, I would, like at some point, you just got to throw up your hands and say, look, I got, I got to trust somebody. You, you have to trust somebody. You can't just. Can't just leave. You got. There's got to be experts somewhere. So look, I would try. I, look, well, first of all, I mean, I last did take time it. I did this, Antoine made a whole speech <laughs> about everyone needs to read Supreme Court decisions for themselves. Now that this report is out, he's. Relying. I said. I said no, no. Let get me down accurately. I said that people should check in and read them from time to time so they could have a better understanding as to how the court functions. Not that they need to read every single Supreme Court decision. I think that's ludicrous. I just think that people should check it out so they have a better understanding so that way they don't get so easily swayed by some pundit on t- TV talking about left-leaning judges. I'm going to read the source judges. material on this one. You and should read the source any, material because I if there's yeah. anything to bring up. We'll, we'll bring it up. Yeah, I, I mean, I went into it a little bit, but I was like, you know, this is broken up into so many different pieces. And uh, and, and, and and quite frankly, I, I was like, I, I just want to get to it. I just want to find out what was really talked about. So I was like, I'm just going to go to the New York Times. And the New York Times did a good look. They had, they had a good article. It's at five takeaways from um, from the major UN UN uh, from them. Ugh, can't talk today. Five takeaways from the major new UN climate report. 
Um, I didn't do any highlights, so, <laughs> so I'm just gonna have to go through uh, live on air. Um, let's see here. So the, the first takeaway that they had was they had human influence has unequivocally warmed the planet, and I think that that's that's a. I think that's so it's so significant. And it's not even that I think it is significant. It is just significant because scientists have. Let's not. I'm not blaming scientists, by the way, when I'm talking here. I'm just saying scientists are very much about the facts. I mean, Jamie, you could jump in at any moment. You know, when you're doing science, you're 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 analyzing a piece of a puzzle for many times, right? And then that's what you're writing your paper on, or you're doing most of your research. And it's not until uh, multiple people over decades or what have you come together and sort of look at the uh, the whole puzzle as it's as it's as it's coming together. Does someone is someone able to say definitively, okay, this is what's actually going on? You can't just go measure ice in the Arctic and say. Oh man, look! Ice in the Arctic is melting. This has got to be a result of people. You you need more than that. You know, you you need research. You need you need parts of the uh, basically you need analysis from all over the globe in order to come together and really make a definitive, uh, a definitive what do you call it? A, a definitive ruling on what's actually going on. And that's basically what has happened here. So so one of the key key takeaways of the report was that scientists can definitively say finally because of advancements in how we do climate research uh and and all the years that we've been doing climate research that we humans on this earth are accelerating climate change i mean i know that it's not mind-blowing to a layman who's just you know there's been a million movies that are sort of like you know sort of but hollywood has been sort of not sort of but hollywood has been you know day after tomorrow we have tons of apocalyptic climate change movies but yeah scientists are finally like look there is no more question stop asking these questions on twitter stop trying to say that have you done your research have you read this have you read that definitively every scientist is now officially on board to say we are in charge of climate change it is our fault and we can either accelerate it or start pumping the brakes it's completely up to us it is not a natural phenomenon that is happening on the planet at, on its own, independent of us. We are squarely at the root of climate change. First time ever. So I thought that was just well, we are huge. increasing the rate. We are increasing the rate. Right? Yes. That is what this is all about. It right. is well, that we are the, accelerating because they will always point just to enough. things have gone up and down, warmed and cooled in the but past. But that wouldn't be enough. It to is the rate sound, that the, yeah. the, the environment cannot. No, the environment cannot. Mm-hmm. handle the change we are right. disrupting the natural cycle yes. of things by exactly. accelerating with yes. multiple catalysts i'm sure mm-hmm. and i think what you were getting at before is that science isn't about one study you don't drill a nice yeah. core sample pull it up and say this is what's happening exactly it has to be corroborated it has to be monitored over time and it has to be reproduced that's the whole thing about scientific consensus is that when things are reproduced then you get consensus because you can do the same experiment over and over and start predicting the results. And I think mm-hmm. that is what is happening here. I did not read it. I will. I no, will, no, that's exactly what I, is happening here. You, you have you that you've hit the nail directly on the freaking on the button, man. That that's exactly what it is. Very well put. The it, it it's it's not crazy, but it's just even it's saying accelerating. I feel doesn't hit that. Like does it doesn't sound the alarm, and I feel like it gives. I, I mean, I, I know it's not supposed to, but I'm just trying to think of some anti-climate change person trying to spin that some way of, of the acceleration. I mean, it's it's not even that it, the acceleration is not even I mean, the acceleration is important, but the, but the, it's the fact that we are in a place of no return, you know, and I'm going to get to that. But I'll just say, like, it, it it's it's it is still accelerating, but it's the fact that we've 
we've contributed it to a point where we are no longer able to reverse it. I'm going to get there. I'm jumping the I know. gun a little bit. I, I want to. I, I have. I'm going to get there because I tweeted on this before because I didn't read the report, but all of the stuff coming out, I distilled three bullet points from it, very okay. succinct. But I won't. I won't spoil it. Yeah. No. I mean, well, <laughs> I won't spoil it. This is, it's, it's not like a game. You know, it's not like a show. Like this is no. Horrible. But I want you. To, I want it's, you. It's to, really. But you bad. have to lay it out. Yeah. I'll, I'll summarize it at all the right. end. So I'm just I'm just going to say directly from the article, just to back up what we just said, uh, observed increases in carbon dioxide in the atmosphere since 1750 have been directly tied to human activity, largely the burning of coal, oil and other fossil fuels as the world became industrialized. Those emissions have increased greatly over time and continue today as the world grows even warmer and the impacts are being felt in every region of the world. Definitive. It's like a. It's like a mic drop moment. It's compounding. It's it's just like how you how you save for retirement, right? It's not that you're saving yeah. you know x amount of dollars every year. It's that it compounds over time, yeah. and it's not difficult to understand that the effects on this and how it reverberates throughout the ecosystem, through plant and animal life, mm-hmm. the way that the way that this energy is stored yeah. and released. Yeah, it's not difficult to understand that there is an exacerbation, that there is an amplifying effect. Yeah. Yeah. Then so then and then they go on. This is the point number four. Uh, Climate science is getting better and more precise. One of the reasons the report can conclude without a doubt that humans are responsible for global warming is that climate research has greatly improved even the eight years since the previous UN report was released. So we've kind of covered that already. Third one. This is this is where we we uh, we sort of uh, didn't want to we didn't want to blow our load. We're locked into 30 years of worsening climate impacts no matter what the world does. And and the craziest thing about this is that from from Monday that. from Monday <laughs> to today there has not been any politician sort of saying, you know, forget any of the legislation we were currently working on, forget anything that we've been talking about in the past, we are reversing course to immediately tackle this problem. No, they're it's, still it's, complaining it's almost, about yeah. the, the 3.5 yep. trillion that they want to spend, which it's, probably is nowhere near enough, to be well, honest with it's you. It's not no well, we've talked about that, and it's actually they just passed it today. Uh, so it's 1.3 trillion. Um no, but it's like the first step. Oh, is it the first whatever okay, fine, fine? Because right, that's that. the bipartisan bill that got approved, but apparently right. what they'll use. I don't know if it's still the, 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 the tactic to use reconciliation or whatever to get the rest of it passed, but okay. there, there's still talk of getting the remainder passed. I don't know how. Okay. I wanted to look into it too. I mean, I think that's going to come. I, I, yeah. I, I'm not comfortable talking about it because yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, no, I, just, I, I thought know. it was more important to um, make fun of Andrew Cuomo today and to uh, talk about climate change. Those, those are my main agenda points. So one's out, one's already done. Um, and this, I just thought this was so definitive. The fact that it's in the middle there, it's the third one. And I, I just felt like, it's it's a what Oprah Winfrey would say is like what is it? It's a an aha moment. It's it's I mean, it's a water. The curse of Oak Island is that where they took it from? Because they say it all the time there. Yeah, they must. Because uh, yeah, Oprah, is that an Oprah, Oprah thing? Said, is that Oprah's that quote? Yeah, she's uh, the guys on uh, Curse of Oak Island always say, "I'm looking for the aha moment." Oh, okay, yeah, that's where they took it from. Uh, but yet, how crazy is that? There's a, there's really nothing to say about it. It's it's insane. The, the best they say in this in this little portion of the paragraph is that if we were basically to cut all emissions tomorrow, we may have a slight chance of lowering it a degree. But not even though they didn't even say a degree. They just said slightly. I don't think they even give a number here. Uh, they just said they, uh, it says that uh, 
the means of effects like extreme droughts, uh, severe heat waves and catastrophic downpours or flooding will continue to worsen for at least the next 30 years. Some other impacts will continue far longer. Uh, the enormous ice sheets in Greenland, West Antarctica will continue to melt at least to the end of the century. Global sea level will continue to rise for at least 2000 years. Wow. They, yeah, they don't even say. Yeah. What I, I think it's from- much later down, but I'll, uh, I'll, I'll come. I'll circle back on that one. But yeah, no, it's just it's just crazy. Here's what I gleaned. Here's what I gleaned from this, because I still think I still think people can have like, you know, a glazed over effect where they start hearing these things and they don't really know what it means. And this is what I this is what I gleaned from everything that I've heard. And and I think what you said just just corroborates it. We are we are causing climate change. Things are going to get bad. We can mitigate how bad, but they're still going to get bad. Like we are past the point of we can we can avoid this. Yeah. We're not going to avoid it. Things are going to get bad. Now it's just a matter of how bad. Yeah. I, well, I, I, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm, I can only imagine how some of the scientists feel who the ones who've been sounding this alarm since the seventies, because I, those are the people I, I've been reading, or at least been trying to pay attention to that strain of, of thought. And, and they were basically kind of, it was kind of the, not, not the, the kooks or, but it was like the, the alarmist. Everyone was like, well, that you're just being alarmist. How can you say that it's already over or it's already too late? People have been saying it's too late at least for the past five years or so. And to finally get to this point where conclusively now you have an actual like mainstream document that someone is saying it is too late. It 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 at once feels vindicating for anyone who believed that and has been trying to say, like, like what are we doing here? This is this is irreversible. It's just gonna get worse from here. But also incredibly sad to actually be right and to, and to and to say yeah. you know wow I cannot believe it's actually too late and there's not much we can do if anything at all except for hunker down and uh, you know what is it what is it, what is it, what's that phrase is like you know kiss your butt cheeks it's like you you hunker down kiss your butt cheeks and hope for the best I mean that, that's basically what you're looking at right now um, that's so the quote Samuel L Jackson <laughs> is, that, is that is that Samuel L quote yeah um, no I. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it sucks because you learn about this stuff when I was, when I was in elementary school um, and you would think that people took it seriously. I can't help but think of uh, what is it? What is the Keanu Reeves movie? The day the earth stood still. I, I know, know that was a Keanu Reeves movie, but yeah, he made a movie uh, okay. um, based on that and um, based on that property. And, uh, and, and there was a quote only at the precipice will humans react and I'm par- paraphrasing, mm-hmm. but only in the face of like complete global annihilation will, um, will people do something uh, mm-hmm. to this magnitude uh, that, that this t- situation calls for, yeah. but um, this isn't a movie and we're not going to be faced with catastrophic flooding, tornadoes ripping through mountainous areas where they were never seen before. Um, and then and then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, actually, I think I'm going to get solar panels or, you know, I'm going to start considering that that electric vehicle. Um, I'm going to switch to LEDs or I'm going to do, you know, or governments are going to, you know, limit fossil fuels or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. Like that stuff's, it. that's not how it works. Like you don't get to face annihilation in the face and then accept an outdated solution. Like there is no solution anymore. The solution now is, you know, how bad are we going to let this get? Because it's already going to be bad. It's just... um it's frustrating as a child to, to go through the school system, to, to learn about this stuff. And um, I don't know, like it's not be too cynical, but for, for it to be forfeited for ambition of, of a few people in power, I don't understand 
why this um, wasn't, if this was being taught to us, if it was approved curriculum, why wasn't it factored into policymaking? I just don't understand. They're, the, they're, both, they're both governmental institutions. You have the executive branch and then this education, this academic institution that rolls up under, I'm mm-hmm. guessing, the executive branch. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Who's in charge? It was Betsy, oh, who did Betsy DeVos. I mean, yeah, who did Betsy yeah. DeVos roll up into, right? That's, that's I mean, yeah, that's yeah exactly. So you, you have you have policymakers, and then you have this educational institution under them, mm-hmm. and they're teaching their kids one thing, um, but they're making policy that contradicts that. Yeah, and I don't I don't really understand. Like, well, I mean, it's quite simple. School children don't pay your bills. So, I mean, not today, but thirty Never. years from now they do. Well, no, <laughs> well, they do. No, they if if anything, they either become big corporate executives and make money on their own or they fall into they're consumers the, they're consumers and you know or you and, and not to be too, not to be and you're more but, reliant but no on, but they're uh, consumers and not to be too um people to, to bankroll your no uh, but but rise but, to power. but i don't understand but here's my thing like this is different than um other issues this is our mm-hmm. planet and 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 they're consumers and if they're all dead then they are paying your bills. Like that is who is paying your bills. They're consumers. And if we're all wiped out, there's nothing left. I hear. And I don't want to be saying. too like alarmist about that. But what I, happens I, I when, all our, when all of our when all of our floodplains, when all of our population centers, which happen to be on our ports and and coasts, are underwater? Yeah, we don't think to, about to it. say the least. To say the least. Never mind like other natural disasters. I mean, most people will say we can mitigate it. Most people will say we have the best Army Corps of Engineers uh, in, in the world over and we can. Mitigate. Oh, you mean why we need a 3.5 infrastructure bill yeah, yeah. Are, uh, with yeah. that kind yeah, of. Bas- yeah, basically, basically. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, look, you cannot you, you cannot um, you cannot roll over the facts that the poorer nations will suffer far greater than wealthier ones. And, and I mean, well, that's why those are the, those are the canaries. Now, those are the right. canaries that you pointed out to me yes. for the last 10 years yeah. that have been suffering that's the exactly migrations right. and the, and the ecosystems, you know, America yeah, and the wars are interesting yeah. where we have like ton of different ecosystems here, right? We got mountains and deserts and coasts and all these forests and plains. And, but you have smaller countries that have, you know, one ecosystem, but one ecosystem too, that are much more vulnerable. They can't absorb what we can absorb. And they seeing they're seeing much more um, drastic disruptions much earlier on, but we don't report on that here. And if it is, it's a two minute clip. Absolutely. And Absolutely. so you know we don't we don't listen to those canaries because we don't we don't have to deal with it. To your point, so mm. no, it's just it's a big shame. Um, shame is like a. <laughs> I wish it was a big shame. I, I wish yeah, I mean, I, what do I say to it? You know, that, nah, that yeah, I know. It's tragic. Not. It's a tragic story of the human race that once it, existed. It is. It kind of is, though. I mean, it's 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 very crypt. It's yeah. It's 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 almost uh, Krypton like. I mean, it's uh, it's it's a sad cool. story. So, do we know who we're shooting our babies off to? Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. <laughs> better, better start working on those pods. Um, Operation Cal L. <laughs> The uh, so yeah, so the the fourth one is just that climate change is happening rapidly, and then they they go into a few examples as to how quickly it's been it's been occurring. Um, and then the last note that they bring up is uh, there's still a window in which humans can alter the climate path. Um, I should probably just read this in its entirety. Um, the report laid out five climate uh, futures in which humans uh, take varying steps to reduce the emissions that cause warming. Under all of them, the world will reach 1.5 degrees. The more ambitious of the targets set by the Paris Climate Change Agreement in 2015 by 2040 or sooner. 
Under most of the scenarios discussed in the report, warming will continue well beyond 2040 through the remainder of the century. In the worst cases, where the world does little to reduce emissions, temperatures by 2100 could be three to six degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels. That would have catastrophic consequences. But the report shows that aggressive, rapid, and widespread emission cuts beginning now could limit the warming beyond 2050. In the most optimistic scenario, reaching net zero emissions could even bring warming back slightly, slightly under but it'll reach, but the one, point is, is it'll reach that eventually, and we're, exactly, we're hoping yeah, for future peoples to come up with something slightly bright. under 1.5 degrees Celsius in the second half of the century. Such a scenario would be a mammoth and expensive undertaking for the world. It would also require a level of political will that most governments have so far been been unable to muster. That's the ending yeah. of the New York Times uh, summary of the uh, climate change. Like we're writing our own obituary. That's basically what it is. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's horrible. I, I kind of wish it was in a stone tablet. At least then we could be sure that so, so maybe someone, someone better, someone, someone better, because the paper products and digital stuff ain't yeah, gonna last underwater. Someone no, better carve it. No, it's not. It's not gonna last underwater. It's not gonna last much longer, regardless. If we if we keep this up, did you ever see the um the time machine with Guy Pierce? Yeah, they, they wait the, the, the uh, remake or the original? Yeah, the remake, the remake uh, right, with yeah. with uh God, the guy from um Evolution. Mm-hmm. I've uh, seen it. Yeah, it's it's widely a, comedian. I can't a little different it. from the uh, from the book. Well, I'm sure, but, they, but the whole point is there yeah. was the AI librarian left over that yes, taught Guy Pierce about everything. Is. Right, right. And, you know, yeah. I don't know. We need to start. Forget the seeds. Just start storing our knowledge somewhere. <laughs> uh, it's, it's it's insane. I mean, I was gonna. There's so much that you could talk about. Um, I and mean, before we even start this pod, I wanted to almost complain about the semiconductor shortage. It'd be that that's a uh, that's like a direct, we could get into that a little bit uh, more specifically, uh, maybe in another episode, because there's so many different arms to what's going on there. But uh, the fact that you could have a, a shortage of computer chips that is directly linked to drought in Taiwan, uh, not sorry, not Taiwan, shoot, uh, where are all the semiconductors made? I'm going to have to retract on that, but I'll, I'll do it while you're talking. Uh, <laughs> but uh, because of drought, right, we have a semiconductor shortage because all the semiconductors in the world, which which are what we make computer chips out of, uh, are manufactured out of a single factory uh, in, in Asia. And it's like, you know, it's when you think about that, you know, you think about that kind of crumbling infrastructure. How, um, first of all, wait, two things. Yeah. How- how is what? that possible? It, how is yeah. that possible? But two, why are they connected to water? Is it just that the people are they we need water? Eve? We need we need water to create semiconductors. Oh yeah, is that yeah. like a yeah? It's part, it's part of the process. So and and uh, and because and they the, need that they need a natural source of it, or they can't ship that stuff in. I don't understand. I, mean, I don't know. About the world depends in, on this one thing, and, yeah. and they're like, sorry, you got to find your own local source for water. I, I, people have spent. I mean, no, don't get me wrong. People have been throwing money at this since for since 2020. I mean, this thing has been a, a big. Why is it? Big why don't deal. they just move the factory? That's that's ridiculous. How do you move the factories when that's where that's where all the manufacturing is? They're the ones with the expertise to create it, and it doesn't exist any almost anywhere. And they else don't in the share world. it. They, they don't. They're not by a body of water. They are by a body. They you need fresh water, which is irrigated through. And the it's basically the farms like how they irrigate water and there's a massive drought. So there's they, they, they had to ration water. The government put down a policy to ration water, which means that the 
massive factories that are that you you know they they saved it for people so people could drink it as opposed to washing it into semiconductor. I mean, you're telling me that there's one factory that makes all the semiconductors for the world. Are you telling me that it's uh, 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 you said skill or is it like cheap labor that you can't find anywhere else? Because it's both. It's both, but it's been built in. It, it, we've, it, if you look at any document that's talking about, but so Biden and them basically in like early 2021 started talking about how we could uh, manufacture semiconductors in house. I mean, after freaking decades of X of uh, how is this not possible exports. anywhere else? I even from an espionage point of view, it would I can't take, believe that the secret is locked in this factory. The note, no, it's absurd. not. It's not that the secret is locked. It's the infrastructure, man. I mean, you just you. It's the skill. It's the labor. It's being. It's. I'm just saying. You know, it, it, I feel like most. Yeah, most people have this fantasy that you could just take a factory and just put it anywhere, and then you just start making the thing. It, the The earliest we could do it, if the Biden administration were to move on creating in-house American manufacturing of semiconductors would be two and a half years. That's how long it would take to get this. I've been talking about in-house, but, you know, maybe strategically place a few around the globe. Oh, you mean that's something that a government would think of, not necessarily a corporation that's trying to produce something as cheap as possible. So to maximize profit, you, are you, is that what you're trying to say? You're you're surprised. Well, even the corporation, you're if they can't keep up with demand you're, you're surprised. Uh, because of their drought, you would think that they would. What are you going to do? It's too late. What are you going to do? This is how it's been. No one's been yeah, paying but, attention. But so mining companies ship people all over or drilling companies ship people all over the globe. They go where the they go where the energy is. Why can't they go where the water is in this case, if that's an issue? It would still ship take your, years. That's my point. It would still take years to build a factory. To, yes. To build a factory. It takes years to build a factory. You got factories don't just shut up overnight. Not if you're not if you're manufacturing something as complicated as as circuitry. How long has the drought been going on? Uh, it was basically it was like, oh end of 2020 so and right, plus well, covid and then fair enough supposed- then if it takes years it's fair enough it does it i thought years. maybe it was a california drought where it's been going on for a decade no 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 this is recent but it's a it's a direct result of climate change that's my point is that things are getting more arid it's getting more difficult to uh, uh to manage these these uh you know these 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 events across the globe and i'm just saying that this is how they can affect us in ways that you may not normally think about and, and it's been a massive up it's been a massive disruptor to car manufacturing car uh gm they sidelined a whole bunch of cars back in 2020 because they just were like we can't we can't make them we can't and they then they started making some cars just missing some high-end uh functionality that they would normally put in them because we just don't have enough computer parts and so i mean this this back stuff to the crank we're gonna start cranking our cars <laughs> i'm go. just saying i'm just saying this stuff has massive uh repercussions i mean no so, it's um, i mean I'm and just those saying. are and but you know what you're really you're really right to point some of that stuff out because it's important for people to understand how this impacts them because to date, you talk about climate change, rising sea levels. People here aren't really seeing that. What it, right. it your street floods a little uh, twice a year instead of once a year. I'm right. being hyperbolic, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. No, but that's, you know that's they're not seeing they're the not ground. seeing the impact to them. Yeah. If anything, LEDs have gotten cheaper over the years, and that's like what people would would associate with. I want to go green in my house, mm-hmm. um, and so I think it's important for people to understand the rising prices of certain things or the scarcity of certain things, regardless of what the price is, is a direct yeah. result of climate change. Yeah. And many um, level on many levels where I mean, people need to fully grasp that that is coming. It's the thing is it's coming. It's not even here yet, but they're even saying that as a result of, of various, as a result of both COVID and the semiconductor. Well, they're probably shortage, not seeing it now. TVs are about it, to rise in terms of price. Because but if it's, these are all but things, if it's, things you could live without, but if it's 2020, no, well, no, not really though. Cause these are the conveniences that people are like our freedoms. This is why we're great. Uh, uh-huh. But, but the, but if it's 2020, then that means that they're still probably selling inventory 
um, and that it hasn't really hit consumers yet. Is that fa- fair to say, or has the shortage hit consumers? It's starting to hit consumers right now, right now. So yeah, I mean, by Christmas, probably people will start to maybe wake up and start saying, Hey, why, why are TVs so freaking, why are they so expensive all of a sudden? So, or yeah, where are the TVs? Or where are the TVs? Definitely. But I mean, I think that, you know, I'm sure some people will just blame it on the overzealous um, fascism of uh, COVID. Um, Biden. Of, uh, yeah. Yeah. Basically, Biden. it's like Biden's COVID uh, restrictions is the reason you can't buy a television. So I'm sure I'm just saying there's always our masks. Now yep. is our TVs. It'll always be something. It'll be something. But at the end of the day, this is the these are the facts of the matter. And 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 it's interesting that this report could come out at a time like this where you have something so visible, so um, uh, so high, so high profile, where you're like car manufacturers are being hit, um, laptop manufacturers are being hit. You know, you know Microsoft, the, the gaming consoles, graphics cards, PC industry, they're all suffering right now because there's just a shortage. And, and there's been a knock on as a result of that in terms of other shortages. There's there's they're they're starting to get uh, I don't want to go crazy on it so we, i mean I, I i i'd feel more comfortable if i had something that i could uh, could reference right now but they are there are um other parts that are also being affected um as a result of semiconductor shortage covid and then other climate change issues that are starting to impact across the globe so you know you yeah ignorance you, you won't have to stay tuned will I mean, impact we'll, our economy yeah so we'll yeah we'll be able to we'll be here for the next 30 years <laughs> I mean, COVID impacts were, 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 were like supply chain oriented in terms of, you know, wood tripled in price, which it literally did for a period of time. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, but, but this climate change stuff isn't going to go away. Yeah. Uh, to Antoine's point, we're not going to all of a sudden start building greenhouses on the moon and ship the stuff over, over to us here. Yeah. Contrary to what some billionaires might have you believe, um, they're going to have trouble manufacturing these rockets after a time if we can't get our shit together on Earth. So. Yeah. Good luck with that, people of Earth. <laughs> That's what the billionaires will be saying. Good luck with that, people on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be like uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It'll be the dolphins and the billionaires leaving the planet. Oh, it'll be a, what is it? Elysium? Did you ever see that with Matt Damon? Yeah. Why is that so familiar? Uh, when they all they when they all go the live on city? no, they live on the like giant. That's not even a, it's not fair to call it a space station, but it's this mm-hmm. like giant. Um, station that orbits the earth called Elysium. And this is where everyone dreams to go. You can see it in the daytime sky and everyone Mm -hmm. on earth is super poor. Mm -hmm. Um, And the, you know, earth is like the economic engine for Elysium for all the wealth that's there. Consider it like a continent where people live, where rich people live. And then I remember there's a phrase, not even no, because there are no, are no poor people. Um, oh, 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 wow. There's no there's suffering. No, oh, Even oh, the wow. medical attention, they have pods that they go in where it fixes them immediately. Oh, so that's, not that, that's not that's not that's not America, right? Um, <laughs> no, no oh, it's okay. the best. It's the best Earth has to offer. Right. Uh, oh, okay. But there's a guy that goes down there for whatever reason. He checks. He's checking on his factory. Mm-hmm. And there's a line from that that I will never forget because I, I use it jokingly from time to time. And this this guy from Elysium comes down to talk to the plant manager. The plant manager starts talking to him within close proximity, not necessarily a Seinfeld close talker, mm-hmm. but close enough. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy's like, don't breathe on me. And that's what he says. And, and that always struck me mm-hmm. because I'm like. That the, the, I don't know. I, I feel like there's layers to that comment. There's 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 a lot there. I, I don't know if we should go into it or not, but it, it, it always struck me as something that was funny but so true uh, no that- please go on i want i want you to, i want you to delve deeper where does this rabbit hole take us 
don't breathe on me. So there's someone saying that to a person from a different area. There is, uh, there, there's a toxicity uh, associated with Earth, I think, in this movie. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want that to be expelled onto him. He mm-hmm. thinks that this person is a lesser person mm-hmm. for living in this filth. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want that breathed on him. Now, I'm kind of surprised that the masks weren't required, but I guess that was a little early for for, for that movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just felt like there was always there was always more to it. Mm. It was a lot to the comment. It was a, it was a short comment that was made, but. I wasn't prepared to really dive deep into it. Okay. I'm going to be honest. Okay. But. No, I, I, I think I got, I got, I got, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I got it. I got it. <laughs> so do you want to, do you want to shift? Oh, yeah. Might as well shift it. it I mean, it, begrudgingly, I, I feel like I want to just rail about the climate for, or, or do you, or, do you there are other but, points you wanted to cover? I mean, I don't, nah, I mean, that, that, that was it. I mean, that, that's the main takeaways. I mean, everything else is just minutia and, and various metrics and data. And I mean, I mean, it's not going to if, if if you don't believe the report at this point, you're, you're not going to you're not going to believe. Right. You're, if you're a climate denier at this stage and you think that in that way, this isn't going to change anyone's mind. Right. If, yeah, exactly. If you think this is all acting and data, d- data, yeah, data, yeah. data yeah. is go- like that's not what's happening here. Data supports wearing masks. Data supports vaccines. Data supports a lot of things that that superstition overrules in this in this culture of ours so no i unfortunately don't think this if anything this might scare the crap out of policymakers because their wealth is in jeopardy um perhaps for some of them they can't they can't adopt soon enough to the Mm -hmm. to the crisis that's about to unfold but no for the for the common person who is rallied by political war cries yeah um no this data that they won't read probably understand and think is false just by nature of being generated from either an institution or perceived to be a political ideology that opposes theirs um, will by default discredit it and not believe it. I've seen people basically, if the government says something, their default position is this is tyranny for whatever reason. Now the CDC has been thrown into that mix. If the CDC says it by default, it's bad for me. There's some kind of pharmaceutical corporate agenda at work. Um, no, I don't. I don't foresee this changing anybody's mind, and I don't foresee. You know, if you if if the volumes of documentaries, of these inconvenient truth documentaries, haven't yeah. haven't enlightened you, I don't see this thing doing anything. That's right. That's right. No, that's well said. So, since we got a sh- we got a shift, um, can't just depress you all day with this. Uh, we have other news that can depress you. So uh, this was sent to me by a listener. Um, and uh, the headline reads, Barbaric. Returning citizens who live abroad will need permission to leave Australia. Have you heard about this? That's a no. The article no. Goes well, I've heard, I've, heard, I've heard of several. Um, sorry for the long pause. <laughs> I heard of several. Like Canada has extended their, their travel restrictions. There are several countries that have that have done this, but you tripped me up there in that regardless of where the visitor is from or the, the person in Australia is from, Australia won't let them leave. Oh, hold on. Let me, um, let me get through. Uh, the but is that, is that right? Is that, is that what you said? I believe it's no, it's Australians who live abroad. Well, now this is specific legislation to Australians who live abroad will not be allowed to leave. Oh, to leave the 
Australia once they've got like if you so let me get in let me get into the preamble and then we'll delve into the particulars. So the federal government will now require Australia. This is from the Sydney Morning Herald. Uh, I'm not going to do an Australian accent this time. I'm going to retire that because I I think it, every time I do an Australian accent, uh, Angel loses its wings. So the federal government will now require Australians who live abroad to apply for an exemption to return to their homes in a move some expats have branded as barbaric. Until now. Residents of other countries who are Australian are allowed to leave the country without applying for an exemption, but are regularly questioned at the border and required to prove that they live abroad as part of the international ban brought in at the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. But on Thursday, this was um, well, on th- but on Thursday, the government quietly changed the rule effective from August 11th, claiming it was a loophole. So this was last week. Now, according to the government's explanatory statement tabled in parliament a person will have to demonstrate to the australian border force commissioner a compelling reason for needing to leave australian territory how crazy is that exemptions can be granted for business travel but the government has previously said it intends to clamp down on the number of them being granted so basically australians can't leave australia yes you're telling me it's yeah so let's let's say you're a resident of america you happen to be australian um, so you're working in America, but during COVID, or at least in the past year, you haven't seen your family in about a year. So let's say you're, I know some people like that. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And then let's say someone's loved one is a little ill, you know, might not have as much time left. Uh, might be a little elderly. They, if you went back right now to visit your loved one, you're stuck. Is that because it's easier to do that than to say you're not allowed back here? What do you mean? Like as America? Like, no, I mean, you're a lot of no, no, no. Here. If you're an Australian and you leave, mm-hmm. is it easier for them to say you can't leave versus you can't come back? I mean, I don't know. I feel like those are two different types of legislation. Well, no, because they had to because they had to. Uh, if So if you from what I from again, from people I know, if you were Australian and when you went back, they put you up in hotels. And I'm assuming there's an expense to that um, to quarantine you. They don't put you up. You have to pay for that yourself. But even the the. So I don't know that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't know if there's any other hidden costs associated with that. That's up the, because the hotels need to have the capacity and all of that stuff. So I no, don't know. No, no I think I think I just think Australia is just trying its best to close its borders. I mean, um, it's they're they're you know, they're, they're trying to like soften it a little bit. Where so saying, no one can come in then as well. No, no. People can come in. You have to come. You can make come any in. sense. What do you mean? We all well. I, I get, <laughs> it, that's why it might be termed barbaric. I mean, it, it, it's not the most logical piece of legislation that's ever been crafted in the in the known West, in the well, they're not in the West, but in the in the. What am world. I missing? You want well, you're afraid I, of COVID well, look, look, listen, infecting your country, and you let people in, but you won't let anyone out. I mean, how about this? How about this? Let's use the example given in the article, since there's some confusion that uh, is being generated here. Okay. <laughs> uh, under the heading, oh, no, it's not really adding, but it's it's under the part of it that says barbaric and counterproductive. Uh, James Turbot recently flew back to Australia from Belgium to try and say goodbye to his seriously ill mother. He missed out on seeing her one last time because she was told to hire a charter flight worth tens of thousands of dollars to qualify for an exemption to leave hotel quarantine. He is currently the country. He is currently in the country sorting out her affairs before returning home. Turbot said the government's changes were aimed at citizens like him and that it was barbaric and counterproductive. I came back for the passing of my mother. I was locked in a hotel room while she passed away. 
denied an exemption to see her, and now I am subjected to proving my life overseas in order to leave again. That's basically that's the corner. That's the crux of the legislation. That's that's what that's what's going on. He has to now apply in order to leave a country that he is ostensibly no longer connected to. Well, I mean, he, his citizenship, but his 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 only you know his mother died, and uh, so his life is back in Belgium, and he can't go back. No, I understand. Yeah, I don't understand. You let people in your country. Yeah, but you don't let them leave. Yeah. To protect yourself from a virus. That doesn't make any sense. Oh, OK. Hold on one second. What about this part in the article? Um, Turbot said the government's changes were aimed at citizens like him and that it was barbaric and counterproductive. Is this like a do they have to pay more taxes if they reside in the country versus working outside of it? I, look, I don't think I don't, I don't know. I don't I can't. I'm not in the head of an Australian. No, but is it, yeah. in a sense, is it recalling all of your citizens to generate more tax revenue because COVID I, you took a big hit? I think it's just another means to close its borders. I think Australia. Mean, is no, Antoine, it doesn't make any sense. They're what do you not mean? closing your because you're not closing your borders. People can still come in. Right. But then they can't leave. So I'm saying you're, you're, you're basically trying to control your citizens. I think it's just an overreach of being able to control your, the, the citizens control of your to, country for to what, say that to what? Yeah, end? I mean, so, yeah, I, to what end? I do not know. Is I there a is know. there is did someone do an analysis in the government and said we have um, a talent gap? We're educating all of our Australians and, then you know, just I actually, for you know, more I money? actually, well, like, it doesn't make any sense. I actually looked that up. I, it's actually a surprisingly small number of people that are, I, I always thought Australians are all over the place and that there's, you know, there's almost like nobody living in the country. But when I looked it up on Google, it, it said, I think it's like 1.3% of the population works abroad. There's only, I think it's like, it's like 300,000 or something like that. I mean, maybe that number is way too small, but I remember that percentage pretty clearly. So it's a small well, percentage. It depends on what, yeah, but it depends. I mean, and I'm not, I don't know anything about Australia, but how many yeah. people are educated and then what's the seg what's the percentage of that segment? Mm, like what's the percentage point. of talent, right? Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um so I don't I don't know. I mean I think I think that the, the, the crux the, of the, the article the, is to the, say the, that the strategy doesn't make sense. Right. Is no, that the no, but but, but that's sense. the point is that it doesn't make sense through the lens of virus mitigation. It just doesn't. You're accepting people, mm-hmm. but not letting them leave. I mean that's yeah. like allowing people into your store but not letting anyone leave. Eventually you're going to hit capacity. Um, and so there has to be, and just like, you know, money's the root of all evil, like follow the money, all those things. Mm. Are they generating more tax revenue? Is there a corporate interest to retain talent (laughs) force them to get jobs in Australia? Like, what is the point of that? I don't understand. We might have to ask an Australian because that's actually an interesting scenario. And and that's, that, that seems to me like a very probable scenario, right? If you're, if you're, dealing with um uh a decades long um what do you what do you call it when uh, talent leaves a country what is it like a brain drain if you're lead, if you're dealing with a decades long brain drain and that's something that's been bubbling up um in in your culture in terms of the in terms of the government and uh and the government now has this opportunity to all of a sudden like you know make the uh you know the lost sheep return homes i mean for lack of better metaphors uh, that would be interesting. It'll be interesting if they're just taking this chance, this opportunity to to um, 
uh, to lock talent back into the country. That'd be, it'd be, it, it would be sick. I think, I think or it would be sick. If you think like, I don't know the tax law. If you're gen- if you're, if working for like, say an American company, mm-hmm. but you're an Australian, how much, how many tax, how much in taxes are you kicking back to Australia versus working for mm-hmm. an Australian company? Because yeah. I'm, yeah. I need someone to explain to me mm-hmm. if this is, if this restriction is based, it is uh, a reaction to the virus, how this helps. Okay. I don't understand. All right, so let's let's why don't we why don't we table or is it, it to stop or 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 to be or to be fair, is it because people want to come and go? Listen, I want to go visit my parents, but then I want to go back, but I want to come back in three months, and that introduction is 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 dangerous, and they don't know where the virus is going, so they're saying, listen, you can come back, but then you're here because we don't want you to keep going back and forth because this revolving door, as this virus is unpredictable, is causing us issues at home. And we don't want to keep going on lockdown because everyone hates this lockdown that they're currently, what, 50% of the country is under. Yeah. And that's politically unpopular. So you right. know what? If you don't want any more lockdowns and we don't know when the, vi- the end of this mm-hmm. virus is going to be, then once you're here, you're here and that's it. And that would make sense if there wasn't a lengthy quarantine period. I think that I think exactly what you're saying would be the logic that I would jump to. If they didn't have this lengthy quarantine period, I think the cor- I think the fact that you already have to quarantine two weeks at your own expense sort of mitigates that. It's like who cares? Well, that's why I was like, is there is there a capacity like issue or something? Yeah, like, and right. I didn't know it was at their own expense. So that's that's a fair point. I thought the government may have been nope. um, subsidizing the bill in some way. No, nope. no, not at all. No, it's incredible. I mean, people have been talking about. It. There's actually articles talking about how you have it's now creating this this wealth disparity in australia because it's basically the wealthy can come and go as they please and if you're poor you're stuck outside um so there yeah but i i do know an australian if we're welcome to have that person on the show then they probably can answer some of these questions about taxation and how that works because the thing is i'm just thinking about it from an american and i'm like if you are an american citizen and you work abroad you 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 technically have to continue paying your taxes here so I don't know if that's true in Australia or if other countries. But yeah, I, mean, I just America, don't know if it's the same that. percentage or yeah. whatever it is, because then do you have to pay any taxes to your country that you live in? Like, I don't know how any of that works. You usually get it back, actually, at least if you're at least well, that's how it that. works with states. Right. If I live in New Jersey, but work in New York, I got to pay. But then I get it back. I don't know if that's how it works. It does work. Countries. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I think every different um, country has a different um, probably a, a different setup but so you I, lose I, on I, your interest you lose your interest right right but i, th- I think that i think that if you're an australian working in america and you leave you can get your money back in terms of the taxes you paid i believe i believe that's true or or if maybe not the taxes but maybe in the social security maybe if you're paying that something like that so mm. anyway a lot of, you bring a lot of heavy topics this episode it's heavy hidden that's going to be the title of the episode, Heavy Hitters, and, and not really, because then no one will listen. I have to throw climate change in the freaking title in order to, <laughs> in order to get that 12th listener. I know you're out there. I could feel you. Um, <laughs> I was going to do an Andrew Cuomo. I was going to make fun of him again, but I decided not to. And why don't you do a mother quote for the title? I was thinking about it. I really was. Um, so oh, my mother. <laughs> These crusty lips. I just want them on your porcelain skin. Thinking of my mother. Um, <laughs> it's so funny to me. I have a retraction with when it comes to the Olympics. If you want lighter stories, so um, last time we were talking about the Olympics, I went into boxing and I said, you know, I was sort of touting boxing as one of the last uh, pure um, s- sort of Olympics Olympic um, events uh, that has a professional component. And I was saying that professional boxers cannot participate in the olympics once you go pro you're no longer eligible to box at the olympics well 
2016 Rio, that well, <laughs> that rule changed. So some 2016 on uh, professional athlete, professional boxers have technically been allowed to box at the Olympics. And, th- and there's a lot of different uh, not conspiracy. Yeah, there's a, it's conspiracies because no one knows the official. Well, first of all, what's the, the is there an age limit now? Are you there is an age. There was always, nope, no, there was you, always that you had talked about. Where there was an age. A, oh, right, right. No, 40, no. 30 year old well, no, there on, was, there on was, a teenager. Actually, it's actually funny. There was an age limit and they bumped it up in order to. Uh, and this is this is the conspiracy. The conspiracy is that they bumped the age limit up in order to court some of the more famous world boxers that are a little older, like Mayweather and some of these guys. So they pushed it up to 40. So, yeah, now you've got now you could be 40. Holy cow. <laughs> Well, that's interesting because boxing is unique where, listen, you only have a limited number of fights in you and you want to make sure you're getting paid. Yeah. You're not getting paid for that. I mean, you'll get your endorsements maybe. So that's lucrative, I guess. Yeah. No, but you're not you're not going to want to, you know, get concussions for free. Yeah. No. Which is why they haven't gotten any of these guys to come back, which is what's funny about it. They they open the door. Think an old timer who's like. No, if they made enough money, if 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 no, but they've look, they've got guys like I mean, Mayweather's fighting YouTubers for freaking millions of dollars. Why why is he gonna go and fight in the Olympics? Endorsements. He would have to get endorsements. What kind of and and think about the endorsements he already has. There's no endorsement he currently could have. Wholesome, wholesome endorsements for the Olympics. Yeah, well, guess what? Wholesome endorsements don't pay. Don't pay (laughs) crap. (laughs) That that Wheaties endorsement. It's not you get. That's not retirement money. (laughs) <laughs> you, you free cereal for life yeah no no that's not that's not good enough no you want you want that mgm grand endorsement you want that <laughs> las vegas money uh yeah i got news for you general mills they, they, you don't you don't Dude, buy I, you know what and general good mills because money. i do not want first of all i don't want the visual of a 40 year old man beating on a teenager but i also don't want the visual of a teenager beating on a 40 year old man <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do. Wow. That'll be imagine the gift from that. And you know what the funny thing is, is that in, power 20, back. in 2016, they also not only that, but they changed the scoring because I was making fun of Olympic scoring. They changed the scoring to match the um, scoring that is given in the uh, in professional boxing. So that's the same now. Oh, I, wish, I, was, I was right last time. <laughs> and and they removed headgear. Oh. And, and that, that's an interesting one, actually. I think I had an article about that because there was there was an article written and and you can kick in the face <laughs> and and they allow the the Mike Tyson ear bites. You, you can do that now. Um, you just go for the opponent. Um, yeah. So they 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 removed the headgear and they were citing studies that um, were they? And yeah. Well, there are studies done by the agency. It's the same amount itself. of brain damage, regardless. <laughs> well, well, that, that's what they were saying. They're basically saying that the foam isn't enough to truly protect the boxer because most people, when they hook and hit, uh, they're bypassing the foam, so it's just not doing enough. And they were saying that it it obscures a ref from being able to fully see if a boxer is hurt because because they can't see their face. So they were saying that you are more likely to get injured if you're hurt in headgear because the ref won't be able to tell than if your head is visible uh, or then. you come up with headgear that's sufficient. Oh, oh, you, oh, you thought that the, the, that that's an interesting solution that they chose not to go with. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because Well, guess what? You probably could make more money if you see people's faces and you probably would get more professional fighters to come back and do it if you can see their faces. So there's a lot of 
there's a lot of money making that it seems to be at least I mean, at least conspiratorially. I mean, no, there's no evidence of any of that. You know what? But... The Olympics is isn't so clean anymore. <laughs> yeah, this is what did it. This I told you. It. I told you. <laughs> it's it's not. You're forcing. all saying that it wasn't going to happen. Now yeah. there's there 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 the points <laughs> is changed. You're allowed to be older and a professional. No more headgear. You're telling me that coup, that the commercialization coup, commercialization coup, of brutality coup, isn't isn't a thing. I yeah. Look no at you. <laughs> It'll never happen. Those yeah, imagine how much change in a century. You give us 30 years, we'll see what happens. <laughs> um, yeah, so I had to retract on all of that. Everything I thought I knew about boxing in the Olympics had been uh, upturned in four years, four or five years. So crazy. There you go. Uh, what do you got? You got anything? I got tons of stuff, but you've you've been running this episode and I've been enjoying it. <laughs> Well, I'm 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 running out of gas. I'm running. Right, so you want me to you want me to you want me to dive into? Yeah, something? because the only things I got are, are more more heavy things. That I feel like need more time than we have allotted. So um, why don't we, why do we don't have you... allotted? What do we got left? Ah, like ten minutes or so. Cool. All right. So I have. Uh, I'll stick to light stuff because I do have heavier stuff, but I'll stick to light stuff. Actually, I I, I want to bring this up. I thought it was interesting. Uh, I, this isn't. I don't know how much time we'll spend on it, so I'll skip to mm-hmm. something else too. But this is courtesy of Neil deGrasse Tyson because it's Olympic focused, so I, I'll bring it up. And he had a really interesting, I don't know if it was a tweet or a Facebook post. I don't know. He put it out on something. I don't even remember where I saw it. Mm-hmm. But I thought this was really interesting. So his, I'll read verbatim. In the Tokyo Olympics, men's 400-meter hurdles, Karsten Warholm from Norway cleared the hurdles with his left foot first winning the gold and a world record. American, I don't know how to pronounce this, R-A-I, Ray. Mm -hmm. American Ray Benjamin, by clearing the hurdles with his right foot first, adds up to 2.5 meters to his total running distance. Mm -hmm. He came in second by less than 2.5 meters. Okay. And so I know it's weird to read that and, you know, you're not seeing it because I'm the mm-hmm. visual person. I need to read this stuff. Yeah. So what this basically means is that he lost the race by less than the amount than he, the, uh, than the distance that he added, meaning that he would have won. Mm-hmm. And I guess like, you know, kudos to Neil deGrasse Tyson for, for, for calling this out. But like, how is that not part of the training? How does, how, it, how do runners not know that when you're running around a circle, Lee don't, don't lead with your outer foot. Leading with your outer foot when going around in a circle negates the standard staggering that they have mm-hmm. and in, by increasing the total distance that you're running. Mm. Hmm. How is that not a thing? I, I mean, I is that, know. first of all, isn't that interesting? Yeah, I, th- I think that's really fascinating. There's, there's a lot of things like that, to be, to be honest, um, uh, in, in a lot of sports. Um, there's, because uh, I'm thinking if there's like a, I don't know the terminology for it specifically, but um, there have been races won in the past using different types of te- different techniques that are technically more efficient, but most people just don't train in it. And it's not a natural way um, to go about um, racing. Um, so, I mean, I think that there's so much to there's so much to what you're used to. Um, you I know, know that everyone that's probably part of it, too. Right? It is. It's like yeah, what it's you, like what you're used to. And, and, and you have to it's like a risk factor. It's like, do you change up? this person's innate abilities in order to do something that is technically more efficient because sport that's separated by 
tenths of a second. Right, second? but then you yeah. have to say, does that? Yeah, but that because that person orients their training or orients their racing around doing it that one way, is it as a coach? Is it better to 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 push that and to and to grow their natural talent, or or do you? That's my point. You can possibly ruin that person by trying to shift them out of what is natural to them and make them a worse runner as a result of it, even though they're running more efficiently. It's a fair point. That I happens. Mean, I, so I it's a, an interesting way to look at yeah, it. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I can see that if you were like before the race and I'll, and I'll be hyperbolic here. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. Change your foot <laughs> Lead with your other foot. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. come on, if you're going to train start, and I, I don't want to, you know, listen, it, runners, I did running for spring mm-hmm. training um, mm-hmm. to keep in shape for soccer, but uh, so, but, uh, but I was by no means a professional or dedicated yeah. to the, to the sport. So maybe Antoine's right. And your natural inclination just has to be the way that you go. But I do have a hard time believing that through training and practice, you couldn't just start with your other foot, but it could be time. And it could be when you get, when you meet a coach, like, first of all, we all, we know not all coaches are created equal. Um, both you and I have been part of sports teams throughout our, um, our academic years and you know that when you run through coaches there's different there's differing levels of understanding of the game or just a a different you know there's different levels to coaching and there are bad coaches there are good coaches and there's middle coaches and i'm just saying that not all coaches have the same understanding of the sport despite being maybe a winning coach or being you know um rarefied as like a as a, as a particularly good coach um and so that's that's what I'm saying. Like maybe not all coaches know this. And so when that wherever he was originally, that Olympian, wherever he started training in his high school, his local high school in his small town, because a lot of people are from they're not from like big cities, they're not from Nike camps, they're from like you know parts of America that happen to have a good running team or what have you. That coach may not have any any idea about what Neil deGrasse Tyson is talking about, and and so he learned his whole life to run a certain way, and then by the time he meets. A collegial coach or someone else that says, you know what, your your lead foot is wrong. You're you're gonna hurt yourself by you know you're you're gonna hurt your chances of winning. But you know what, you've been doing this for 15, 16 years. You know, say you've been doing this for so long one way. I mean, it's it, that's a difficult task to say. Now I'm gonna dedicate the next two to three years of my life unlearning everything I've learned. Yeah, I mean, you're not unlearning, but but you're not unlearning because there's a difference between high school sports, collegiate sports, and professional sports. And a lot of it is tactics, right? A lot mm-hmm. of it is, you know, high school sports, you play yeah. the long ball, collegiate sports, it's all about possession. I'm talking about soccer, soccer specifically. Yeah. Um, Football for international viewers. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I, I don't know. I, I have a hard time believing that they couldn't have rectified this, but I think you're probably right in that they just weren't aware. And listen, I wasn't aware until I saw this tweet. Yeah. But um, it seems like, you know, if someone is all of someone's profession is sports, you would want to learn about sports science and this type of mm. math would be um, investigated at some point, especially, you know, ironically, ironically, in a collegiate setting, you work at a university, you have you have these people at your disposal and you still weren't able to, you know, no one chimed in at any point to say, hey, the physics of that, um, I don't know, seems a bit odd. I mean, it, it, it doesn't. It doesn't, though. I mean, think about it. If you, you work at an academic no, institution. Hold on. Yeah, but I mean, I'm just trying to think about collegiate sports. You know, the, the joke about college football is that no one knows how to tackle. And, and you watch college football and it's apparently evident. It's, the, it's a wild ga- gasm or chasm 
between the NFL and what you see in college. So you have all these people in a university setting and they're not efficiently teaching people the best ways to tackle. It's not until you really get to the NFL that you, you see the talent, like you see the uh, what's that. There's like that saying about the, like the way from the, the chaff or something, you know what I'm saying? Like that you, you separate the, the, whatever the meek from the strong. I don't, I don't know. What I'm All right, so fair enough. The Olympians haven't gone pro yet. And the money <laughs> that's my hasn't point. Figured out that's my point right. is that you have to also remember Olympics are technically amateur. I mean, I mean, it's sort of weird to argue it when you come to Except for half track. of the sports in there, but sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm just saying where there's a million, there's a, you, 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 my point is, I think you can cite so many different other types of sports. You college basketball, uh, looking at how someone shoots in college versus the NBA. I mean, there's just a million different differences where you're like the, the amateurs are amateurs versus the pros. So, you know, someone coaching at that level might not have the sophistication in terms of their grasp of the of the sport to know about those advanced techniques, to know that you could do something and get a split second difference by just changing the way you run. I mean, these things might just be reserved for the elites of the elites, the elites and and uh, and and uh you know, globally famous physicists, you know, <laughs> that's, that's it. So, Fair point. You know, so, man. You want another one? Yeah, why not? Why don't we round it out? All right. This has gone long. So I think, I think you and I, based on our interests, have probably seen this scenario in history or sci-fi, uh, the media that we consume. The general idea that advanced tech to primitive peoples can seem magical, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, depending on the radical change in tech, like in the invention of the microprocessor compared mm-hmm. to a century before then, or mm-hmm. even a technological gap between isolated civilizations in the ancient world. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't take much to trick a human mind to thinking something is magic. But that, because that, that I, I saw that randomly again, and, I, and it got me thinking as things usually do. And it got me thinking about something related, but slightly different. How far back in time would you say that we would have to go um, where our ancestors would look upon us today and say that we aren't human? Or have we not reached that point yet? Aren't, I mean, isn't, that, isn't there an answer to that? Aren't we like um, 90% similar to like our original um, caveman? Like, like are, aren't we... Pretty, well, I'm talking we, about I'm talking about our species. Okay, I'm not talking about another like. Yeah, I'm saying like once human beings became human beings, it's like our our brain, our physiology, isn't it? It's like 99. percent It's the for same. the. Mo- I mean, we're always we're always evolving, right? Evolution doesn't stop, so we're always evolving. Yeah. But for the most part, what separates us from them is accumulated knowledge. Let's yeah, just it's just a, that's basis. my point. It's just accumulated so knowledge. Let's get past. Let's get past. Let's it. get past. I mean, well, no, no, let's not get past. If that's how far back we have to go, if we have to go as far back as whatever came before Homo sapiens, that birth, that whatever, whatever, that's whatever, what you, I whatever think that's species gave to go to. birth yeah. to a ho- yeah. the, the first Homo sapiens yeah, yeah. to look that's upon us now you, yeah. and look at us and say, they're not human. You think that's how far back? Yeah, we have I, to go? I, mean, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think yeah, I mean, the only thing is if you were saying that if we went back to that, that's what I'm thinking, right? If you went back to the medieval age, like to a, a medieval period um, and you, you know, you, you pulled out an iPhone that lit up, uh, you know, at, at night, you know, before there the, were the only other thing that could possibly light up the night sky is fire. You know, they're not going to say you're not human. They're going to they're basically going to say you're 
a sorcerer or a witch. They're gonna, you know, they're, they're gonna try to burn you. I mean, that's what I'm saying. They're not gonna go around and be like, that's not a human being. That's an alien. They're just gonna be like, that's a freaking, you know, yeah, that's a, uh, it's a magic dweller. It's a magic user. It's something. It's a, you know, they're just gonna say you're not of this world. But you're, they're, they're both. They're just gonna say you're a human being. We just have to kill you now. I mean, that, that's all. Uh, that's all there is to that. Oh, that's interesting. So, because we look more or less the same. Yeah. Um, and our physiology hasn't really changed in terms of our outward appearance, right? Our attributes. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Well, that's an interesting thing because we don't really know what our how much our attributes have changed as we've mixed our gene pools over and over and over. Um, but to look upon us and say, you are, you are strikingly different. You are a different species. You are not, you are not one of us. Not that you're a different tribe or you're our tribe, but you are, you're not any, you're not of any tribe that I, that I know. Um, that's interesting to well, go I'd back have, that far back. I'd have trouble thinking that ancient man knew that Neanderthals were a different species. Like I feel like I feel like did. if they were in if they were interbreeding and if they were uh, fighting either fighting for the same resources or well, they, they bred. I mean, it's it's kind of widely accepted that they, that they did read that, right. Yeah. So I I can't I can't. I can't understand how they would not simply just say that they are a different culture or a different tribe and leave it at that. I can't even imagine how they could conceptualize that genetically they are different species. Well, then it would the concept of they're different from us even exist? I mean, do they even look upon whether it's a Neanderthal or any other animal as being a different animal? Or is it even like something that dawns on them? Like, oh, that's something that I need to hunt, defend against, avoid, coexist with. Is that how they're looking at things, or are they looking at things as they are fundamentally different from me? They don't have hands. You know what? I think instance. it's. I think they're actually probably more accepting than we would be today. Uh, I think that we would be surprised if we were to look back to ancient man and how they viewed the world. I think we'd be shocked at how accepting they must be, because I think you know you have to think about some of these stories that we have, like stories sure, right? about the, 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 Bigfoot the, and. Um, I'm just saying, like, well, I don't know where you were going. I was just trying to say that, you know, we have a lot of stories that kind of come out of our, our sort of ancient ancestry of and that, that you would, th that we now know in as modern humans that they might have been uh, different species of humanoid that existed at our time and were just dying off, or there was just a few of them left and they were given different names, you know, based on how much hair they had. You know, you, you might be able to. Uh, stem some of the myth, you know, the mythological like Bigfoots and things like like hairy men and things like that. These these might have been humanoid species that were just on their way out. They were just the end of their days, or or what have you. My point is that they you still they would have been like these, or even gorilla. You know, they might have, they might have just accepted them as different types of men. Like these are just different types of man, and then we're we're accepting them to our mythology. Um, you know, I don't think that they had such a rigid sense of what it meant to be human that we are human beings and these things are defective units of 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 humanity i think that they would have accepted them as just different tribes and different uh yeah just just, just i think they would have accepted them as just different types of humans i think that they were far more accepting because their world was um that's the world they came out of they just came out of a history of having different types of humanoids walking the earth alongside them whereas we wouldn't so we would be more we were we would be more closed-minded we'd have a better sense of what it is to be human because we've only known true human beings you know i think that that's um yeah that that's how i'm imagining it if i'm putting my myself in their shoes well it's interesting so two points came to my head as you were talking mm -hmm. and your your latter point you know 
all of the differences that we see are on the what genetic level, the, mm-hmm. the skeleton makeup, yes. yeah, all that stuff. But we, we, I mean, do we know the true like physical differences that would have been apparent? I mean, listen, you can look around, you can go into any crowded mall today or park and see a diverse group of yeah. people, yeah. you know, when you're judging on physical appearance only. Mm-hmm. And so how different would it have been to see someone a little stockier, a little hairier, bigger nose or, yeah. you know, That's thicker thighs or whatever it may have been. You would have just accepted and so, that. You would have probably accepted that. Would you? Yeah. Have, you would. You would not have known that. Oh, that's a different species. No, like that's that my concept point. Concept isn't aware. Exactly. Isn't part of you. You would. And, and and what I was going to say before, and that's really interesting. I never really thought about it that way because clearly they bred, but you know, would they have tried to breed with a goat? <laughs> like I don't know. Um, so yeah, maybe. I mean, uh, didn't like <laughs> religions go out of its way to specifically <laughs> well, call that so, out? <laughs> some people. Some people. You're right. What am I talking about? Some people. Some people today. Here you go. Hey, some of the rural parts of the country. Why? Yeah. You know, that's why we still have some of these rules. So you're right. You're right. Um, very but no, that's a, that, that's an interesting way of looking at it. Like the the differences that we draw between species are are, are so granular, so technical. Yeah. That when you back off, um, and 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 you know dive into that ignorance of this, you know, adolescence that that we had then, uh, how 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 keen would you be to to distinguish you from them, them from you. Um, and the other thing I was going to say is the whole idea of distinguishing, whether mm-hmm. it's you know, by race or, or anything really, even just by tribe, you know, at, at some point in time in our history, that wasn't a mature concept. It, no, and, and, not race. And there's no. a level, there's, le- there's a level of instinct that plays in to be, you know, fear of the outsider, fear of the unknown, just to protect tribal. Your- yeah. Right. Tribal. tribal, tribal. But 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 that concept wasn't mature when when we first started grouping ourselves. No, not, and, not until the and first. So it, it wasn't sophisticated. Right. It wasn't yeah. sophisticated to say, oh, this is why they are different. This is how you spot a different person. Not well, there simply was, they're there not part enough. of our family unit. But right. that's exactly what I'm saying. The city yeah. society wasn't big enough to 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 reach those conclusions. You didn't you didn't live among so many people that you could say, all right, we are a nation state. This is what a nation is. This is a, this, you know, we went from exactly you went from small, you went from hunter-gatherers to small agrarian communities to eventually some slightly uh bigger city states. And then the city state, that was your nation state. And then when cities started to come together and say we'll fly under one banner, that's how you get your nations. Um but for the longest time, I and mean, we were talking about, it's relatively recent. I mean, even when you look at the Peloponnesian Wars, there was no such thing as Greece. It, it was Athens, Sparta. You know, they were different. They were different city states. Greeks, Greece did not exist. There was no such thing as a Greek state. Look how far we know? come. That's what I'm saying. We have, we have names of our nations. We have flags. We have uniforms. We yeah. have colors. I mean, there's only we one have next. birds. We have we have national birds and, and all well, there's the rest only of one it. next logical step. Exactly. That's my point is this is all but back been... then. They didn't have any of that. It was no. like, oh, they sort of look different yeah. or I don't know them personally. Right. I mean, that's where we were. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just so saying exactly. We, we as we've grown, as the world has become more globalized and the only next logical step, which is what will happen based on a trajectory is eventually there will just be an Earth nation. And but that probably won't occur until we start populating the stars or getting um, outside of ourselves. But that, that's an but that's, that's an inevitability. That's my point. But it's actually, inevitable to have well, a single Earth colony or and, Earth station. Well, help Earth me out nation. with this because now now that I'm thinking of it, originally I was like they weren't they didn't have sophisticated hate or sophisticated separation. So 
mm-hmm. you had said that they were more accepting, but what if it was, help, help me with this because it popped in my head. What if it was, you treated, Don't. you treated mm-hmm. someone. So, okay. You're not in my family unit. Yes. So now it's, so now it, that's equivalent to you don't live in my house. You don't live in my neighborhood. I don't yeah. see you when I go out to the store type thing. I don't see you when I go out to hunt and gather or forage. So now that's the equivalent of being from a different country, being from halfway around the world, being my enemy. Mm-hmm. And so was that lack of sophistication to distinguish someone, even how horrible and superficial it may have been, um, did that lead people to go to the extreme right off the bat to say, I don't know you, therefore you are the worst of the worst. I think it could have been in some situations, but I think that we have to also remember how dangerous it would have been to go to war, especially in the early days. Um, you, you have, we, we have so little fear of the natural world at this point. It's, it's almost unthinkable not to think of human beings as our greatest enemy. When you're smaller at that time, especially when you're more disparate, uh, there were so many things that could kill you. We had so many leftover creatures too, from like, different periods not different periods whatever the the period right before humanity took the um like the ice age basically you still had human beings on walking the earth with some of the ice age um creatures like saber-toothed tigers what have you that are larger than what we currently have today and that's my point is these things were these were your greatest enemies so to find another band of human of humans and say our first our first act of business is to go to war with one another even though we know everything out here can possibly kill us I think that's a I think that's a big stretch. And I think that it probably well, it's not to go to war. It's not to go to war, but it's to protect your I'm going to make this up because right. I don't know if we were doing this. It's always lack salt, of resources. Your salted meat. Well, that's you know? what I'm saying. It's always lack of resources. And you have to say if, if, if human beings were meeting up at a period where there was an abundance of resources, the likelihood of warring among, among one another would have been very low because that's the same as true today. We haven't changed that much. So you meet you meet another band, right. another, another With a, family what, unit of mm-hmm. like four, yep. six, and you're like, hey, come on in, or yeah, I'm going to kill you, or listen, but let's avoid no... each other, but if I see you take a step closer to me, I'm going to kill you, but I'm saying or I'm going to run, fight or flight. But it made more sense, and this is, this, this is what I'm trying to say. We would never have gotten to the stage of city-states if it didn't at, occur to ancient man that we are stronger in greater numbers. Well, no, 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 no. Well, that's so... There's two ways that that could have come about. Mm-hmm. One is a kumbaya thing, which I think you're kind of pushing where, hey, neighbor, come on in. Let's do this. And the other is, uh, you know, alpha male. Um, all right. My family's pretty strong. I see that dude's got some food. I'm going to kill him and take it. Or, or I'm going to go over there and subjugate him and make him part of my unit, you know, in some form or fashion. But I'm going to convince him to follow me. Mm-hmm. And then by conquering those family units over time, you form tribes and then eventually, because not all the tribes are interrelated in that way. And then eventually you form your agrarian. States. You're coming to my, yeah, but you're coming to my same premise, just from a different, you're, that's you're by force. That's by force. Right. Well, yeah, but you, but my point is you're coming to the same conclusion. The H, that my point is whether by force or whether by mutual agreement, at some point, the aggressor or whoever, the, the person who's coming up with this idea is coming to the conclusion that I am stronger with more humans. And so whether and, well, well, that's that they saying. are human, that they are human. Actually, that's kind of the point well, of this all. Yeah. Is that, well, is that assuming. I'm stronger with more humans, but the fact that I'm looking upon these folks mm-hmm. and I identify them as human. Right. I, I'm just saying at some point, whether my point is, regardless of how you're of what premise you put forth, 
you're still coming to the same conclusion that human beings realize they're stronger together than apart. So whether you're doing that would be interesting. Were there tribes or, or tribes or agrarian states? Because I don't mm-hmm. know how far back that goes. That yeah. were a mix of species. That we don't know. That's the funny thing is that's the new research we're we're starting to come because I mean the original prevailing research that we I think the uh, assumption that scientists had had come under was that uh, he we destroyed the Neanderthals like through war we basically eradicated Neanderthals and fighting. We for pushed resources. them to the we pushed them to the edge. Exactly. Right? We, we put right. their resources. Yes, we pushed them to the. We pushed them out. Right, and that's but it. the fact that we've intermarried, or at least that you find that there's genetic. Uh, composition of Neanderthals in modern humans means that that that's a, that's not likely. It's well, or it's 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 either that he. Oh, we have Neanderthal genes, so that's right. Like, that's my point. Right. We, have we know. Well, yeah. I'm saying we know this now, but I mean we didn't always know that. So my point is, is that at some some point it's either through by force. That's the thing that that could have come about by force, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, or which was common in the ancient world, or or it could have been a kumbaya situation. But um, but we clearly had some relationship that was not merely eradication. It was not merely some sort of Neanderthal genocide where we just came in to wipe them out. Otherwise we never, we wouldn't be mixing. So there had to be some period where we enter, um, where we had a, an, uh, a combined society, whether it, it might not have been equal. So I'm not, don't, don't misquote me and say that they, we had an equal relationship and we, they, we might've subjugated them. They might've been our slaves. You don't know, but they're, they at least lived among us long enough in order to uh, interbred. So you have that. Interesting. Yeah. And I mean, I mean that, yeah, I'm just, I'm pulling a lot of resources together. I'd be interested if there's anything definitively new on the subject. Um, but that's just the way I, I feel like it, it would have to have gone down, um, you know, just empirically doing a thought experiment on what it would have been like to be an ancient person. So, um, but you were, you know, I mean, yeah. So you have to go. So, to answer the original question, yeah. you have to go back all the way to the beginning. Yes. And to in hopes that from the first Homo sapien to now, which is a couple hundred thousand years, I think. Yep. Yeah. Just about. That enough evolution has taken place and the way in which we fashion ourselves, whether it's hair or skin has changed or eyes change, right? Because blue eyes and all that eventually yeah. came about. The way in which we've changed, evolved since then, um, would be enough to say like you aren't human or would it have to be actually a different human species or kind of the point that we're making is that those early human species wouldn't look upon these superficial differences as inhuman. Right. They were just looking at We're all kind of human. Yeah. Yeah. I think they would just say these are different. Yeah. 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 I th- yes, but that's what I'm trying to say. I think it would be very hard to get to a point where humanity in the past would say this 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 creature might not be human. Um, but I think the way we are today, which is really interesting, as open-minded as we not open-minded, we're not. I mean, as as much as we know, um, I think today, without even scientific research, if we came across a species of human that might be human, but looked a little radically different than the way we look today, we would quick, we would automatically jump to these are not humans. Like, I think that we would, that would be a, a hard, fast jump because of how well, it's interesting to how we've been molded. Like, in terms, yeah, in terms of culture. Well, it's interesting too, because humans 
as they migrated around the world changed. I mean, that's why we have all the different, you know, quote unquote yeah. races that we have. Right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. when, cause what I, what I don't want to make it sound like is like there's any kind of evolution of, of humans that seems to be like one subsequent or, or, or whatever to the other, but it's like, as you get into different environments, you adapt to that environment and you change. And mm-hmm. the, the, the diversity that we have is a result of the diversity of this planet. Yeah. Um, it's really kind of cool if you think about it. Um, cool. And I guess yeah. the question would be um, not just time, but geography. If you were to go to a human of a, of a particular geography that didn't have exposure to another um, human from an, uh, a different geography, like would they look at them as different? But I think to your kind of point about, you know, listen, if, if, if Homo sapiens were, um, you know, if they didn't, if it wasn't popular to just, you know, breed with all types of animals, but they knew that they could only breed with ones that are like themselves or simply attracted to ones that are like themselves, yeah. uh, then when they gazed upon uh, another humanoid species, um, was that, did, did they did they know that they were different or did they just think that they were, hey, they're human, but they're, you know, they look a little different, but did they know that they were a different animal in a way that something they would hunt or run from was um, I don't know. Def- that's that's of- what I'm saying. They definitely wouldn't have put them as a different animal. I think that they, yeah, they would have, they would have boxed them into a category of, of a, of a different type of human possibly. Um, yeah. That's interesting. Cause yeah. I, th- I just think that the culture would have overrode. That's my point. I just, I think that where they're from, they, you know, they, they sort of like the Northmen or the, um, you know, wherever they're from, they would just call them the men from that area. And they would just be like, these guys just look slightly different. I don't know why they would have made such a, they wouldn't. My point is, they wouldn't have the frame of reference in order to compare to see to say we know of all these different types of humans. You look like none of them, therefore you're not human. You wouldn't it's have like a, that frame of reference. It's like a child, right? They're without the biases of right. their parents. And, exactly. And and what we see today is just the accumulation of this is what I need to rally my people against the other. Right. And that's been done so many times. Right that we we end up with what we have today yeah i, I mean i don't know if but that's yeah, no, yeah, like i think you have a good thought, example but well you have a good example there it's it's childlike that's exactly what it would be like you you just do not have the frame of reference or something it's not innate right it's not inherent yeah, it's not inherent the inherent bias isn't there so you're going to take it as it is and, and that's why you know that, that's the only thing that makes sense again the, the competition would only come from a lack of resources that's about it hmm. cool all right well i mean i have a bunch of other stuff but yeah but we're out of time <laughs> no one wants to listen for three hours. <laughs> That's anyway. So, Jamie, where can they find us? At Retraction Media, guys. Some of you have recently uh, called out some topics that we should cover. We did not get to them this time. Listeners, if you're listening, we will get to them next time. At Retraction Media, hit us up on Twitter. Keep the comments coming. Um, we will get to those topics that we've recently um, received. And with that, Retraction out. Thank <laughs> you.